What's up, everybody? This is Duante Keller Woods with my man, Michael Friends. This is Take After the Take. What's up, brother? What's going on? Hey, everybody. Hope everybody had a great weekend. It was a good, it was a, I had a good weekend. Did you have a good weekend? What'd you do? Yeah, we, uh, we celebrated my granddaughter, granddaughter's third birthday. Nice. So, it's yeah, so, so weird to hear that you are a grandfather. Like, I mean, yeah. you're younger than me and you're a grandfather. Like, that's just crazy. It still, hasn't, it still hasn't set in. So for those that are listening, I don't want you guys to think that something odd is weird here. You know, it's always uh, oh, 38 years old with a grandchild. I got two of them, but. My wife is seven years older than me and has a 26-year-old daughter. Yeah. So. yeah, so you got to – we can barely hear you, though. Oh, really? Hold on. Let me see if it's on my side. Go ahead. Talk. Can you hear me now? Oh, there you go. That's real good. All right, okay, so we're going to get it started. There were some topics that we didn't get to cover last week that we are going to cover right now. Before we get into our jam-packed day of football – over the uh, weekend. So the, the first thing is, it's going to be, it's going to be a Laker question. It's going to be a Laker question. Okay. So I'm assuming you watched some of the games this weekend, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you watch, I saw the, I saw the did, drama. You, did you watch our Lakers finally win a game? Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. And I do want to talk about it because yes, they did get a win. But, <laughs> but with that, so yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll so with that being said, we saw that they did get a win. They edged out a win. Um, I, I want to say, what's going to be the toughest path for our Lakers? What do you think is going to be the toughest path to the championship for our Lakers? Oh, man. I mean, right now, you got Denver performing well, right? Denver's doing well. Um, Golden State, I think, is is they're turning heads. There's a lot of believers in Golden State, but there's a lot of people that stopped because, of course, when Kevin Durant left, it's like, well, we we haven't seen the full team ever since, right? So Golden State's coming up, and they're doing very well. Let me tell right. you, um, Phoenix, Phoenix beating um, LA the other night. Um, I mean, they're what one and one right now, so. Yeah, Phoenix. It, it's yeah. kind of it, they're 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 Western Conference champions right now. So I mean, even though I may not say they're going to get there again, but they're still there up until somebody replaces them. So, Absolutely. Um, I mean, got to keep Utah in mind. I mean, it's going to be a tough road for them if they don't get their stuff together. Yeah, yeah. You know, but it's still early in the season. I mean, we're only talking about three games right now. Four right. Games, so three games. It's still very very early. But the 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 point that I want to make here real quick that I see is the problem is going to ultimately be Russell Westbrook. Okay. And I say this knowing that, you know, a majority of people are for the first, let's say October, November, December, January, Russell Westbrook is horrible. Then the all-star break comes. And then after that, it's like, Oh my gosh, he's the greatest point guard that we've seen in the past X amount of years. Right. Right. So there's a flip around all-star break, but here's what I'm saying. I've said this for years in regards to Russell Westbrook. His offensive scoring efficiency is horrible. Mm-hmm. Horrible, right? Mm-hmm. We said this on the other day. On the other day, when they when they were playing Game One, Reggie Miller said he takes a lot of shots. He shoots thirty one percent from three. He's going to have to make those this year. Yes. So yeah. I would, I was having a chat with some of my guys last night about it, and what I was saying was this: He went 
He had 13 points, 13 assists, and he had seven rebounds, right? Yeah. But he went five for 15 shooting. Yeah. If he distributes that ball and takes five less shots but still can score the 13 points and does, does 13, 13, and whatever he does for rebounds, yeah, those five extra shots could have gone to a drive. It could have gone to a three. So you're talking about five extra shots that could mean anywhere from an extra 10 to 15 points depending on the combination of the point score. Absolutely. Now you're talking about a double-digit win, right? Yeah. He needs to be more of a facilitator and get into the role of what he can do with passing the ball as a point guard than to, than to worry about scoring. He can do everything. We know that. But it, it kind of showed, and that's what I'm seeing over the past few games. Yeah, so I agree with you. Like, I do think he needs to shoot less, but this is why I will tell Laker Nation, it's like – like Aaron Rodgers told Green Bay Nation, calm down, relax, just relax. You got this is what people gotta realize. This is their first like few first three games together. So they're still filling out on how each other plays. Easy when you're doing the pickup games. And I know that him and LeBron and AD, they run a lot of UCLA and they play a lot of games. It's easier when you're doing pickup games because pickup games. You're probably just going for what you know. Some people aren't playing as hard. Some people are playing hard. So in pickup games, is a little bit different. When you get into the league, now you got to deal with coaches and players that can zone in on what you're doing. So in his case, everybody knows. And this is what this is what I'm kind of afraid of. Like you just brought it up. But Memphis did this last night. I thought you were going to actually say Memphis did it because that's what they did. Memphis made him shoot the ball. And I think that's what I'm afraid of because he has to work on that jump shot because when you play with LeBron, there's going to be, be situations where you will be open and you will have to make those shots. Now we're alluding to should Russell Westbrook be on the court during those times, right? During those crunch time moments should, but but then my question goes back to, well, then who do we put in? Ray John Rondo? Even though Ray John Rondo statistically is a better three-point shooter than Russell Westbrook, but he doesn't take as many three-point shots. He has been proven, hence the bubble, to hit clutch three-point shots when he needed to, Ray John Rondo. One of the players that I think they're going to miss, and they've been missing him for a couple of years, is Danny Green. I know a lot of people you know, during the bubble when he missed that one shot that could have won them the championship, a lot of people start hating on him. But I think he's the one person that they are missing because he hit, he benefited. The reason why he was able to get that contract with Philadelphia, he benefited very well from playing with LeBron James like most people do. Yeah. So the thing about it is, is that Russell needs to be more, and when they kind of did this last night but he needs to be more involved with the second team because he can attack the basket more when he's playing along with those guys, the bench players in the second team. And, 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 and pay attention to what I just said, attack the basket more, not taking jump shots. That you're 30, he's 31 years old. Now he's going to be the, the, the player that he's going to be like, it's no, like most guys, when they come into the league, they improve. One player that that I know he admires and that that I admired 
growing up was Jason Kidd. If you saw Jason Kidd had the same problem, Jason Kidd could not shoot a jump shot. But over the course of his career, he developed that three-point shot and became a respectable three-point shooter. So my the hardest path, though, for them to get to the, the – the, it's going to be a tough path. And I like you brought this up. Do not sleep. I like that you brought this up. Do not sleep on the Warriors. People do not sleep on the Warriors because now everybody's back and healthy. They're doing this without Klay Thompson, by the way. That's my that's why I said that. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then they're doing it without James Wiseman. Like, so who knows how he fits into this whole thing as well? Like they got, I always tell people, and we talked about this a little bit more last week. It's not that that Cooper Cup is a number one receiver. It's not that Robert Woods is the number one receiver. They're in a great system that allows them to look like number one receivers, right, at any given time. But we know it's a collective – it's a collective um, – it's a, it's a bevy of players that are helping them run that system and Sean McVay's offense accordingly. Same thing with the Golden State Warriors. The system is what helps them play well. And Kelly Oubre and, and D'Angelo Russell didn't work out in that system because they didn't move enough. In this, I don't know if you saw, bro, like a few years ago, the San Antonio Spurs, when they had they had Tim and they had Mano and they had Tony. If you watched the Spurs play, it was just a beautiful thing. I remember taking my wife to a game. Um, this was like early 2009, 2010. And because my great grandmother had rest her soul, had season tickets. And I remember the first thing that my wife said about the San Antonio Spurs while watching them play. Oh, my God. They moved the ball around so beautifully. That is what Golden State is doing. Golden State is just moving that. I mean, they leading the league in assist. So well, it's, it, it's I don't mean to cut you off, but no, the San Antonio good. Spurs were were beautiful, but boring. Right? Yes. Beautiful but boring. <laughs> yeah. Golden State is looking beautiful but sexy. Exciting. Yeah, it exciting <laughs> is sexy. But no, but keep in mind, Steve Kirk came from that. So he knows yeah. he came from that Popovich. He knows how he, he put his own spin on it with the triangle and stuff like that. But he using a lot of what Greg Popovich did, moving the ball around. Yeah. Now, I it agree could, with you. It could be a uh Popovich, uh, Phil Jackson type of hybrid. Yeah. Once yeah. you yeah. actually really, you know? yeah. When you dig, when you dig down into it, I agree with that. I will say this: that I agree with you by watching the few games that I've been watching with the Phoenix Suns. You know, and I know we talked about this earlier. It was a because I told you they're going to be the last year, but watching these games that have happened so far. It, it was the perfect storm for them to get out of the West. Everybody was injured um, in the West. It's going to be tough for get them the to get out of the West. It's going to be real tough. And, and I'm going to say I would not be shocked and surprised. This is the great thing. It's a great thing about the NFL. I can't wait till we talk about the NFL because right now you don't know. You don't have a clear number one Who's going to get to the NBA finals? Who's going to get to the to the Western Conference final? Who's going to get to the Eastern Conference final? Everybody is starting to like be like very competitive. And if I'm guessing right now, one of my teams, bro, 
are going to be the Golden State Warriors. I think Golden State Warriors, because they're doing all this without Clay James. They're doing, people got to pay attention to that. <laughs> like they're doing all this without them. And then Utah. Utah right. did not lose anybody. Utah, right. Utah is all they have to do is have somebody step up with it. Look like it's going to be Jordan Clarkson, Mike Conley. Hopefully he stays healthy because they were missing him. But if they do what they did last year, it's going to be, it's going to be tough. And then not to mention what Dallas is going to do, not to mention like even Sacramento, I watched them play the other night. They're playing well. Like it's going to be a tough West. The thing that worries me the most about the Lakers is age. When it comes to this, they got to, they got to figure out who they are because the Warriors outran them in that game. Memphis almost outran them in that game. So they got to figure out what they are because this is what the coaches think, man. These are a bunch of old heads. Well, one, one huge positive I'll take away from this is Carmelo Anthony. Yes. Carmelo Anthony had a great game. Man. I'm like, I'm sitting here like, Carmelo, where you been, bro? Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, and, and, all, and I'm not saying he's been lost, but he went from New York. He had time off for a little bit. He went to Portland, was coming off the bench, right? You know what? I would think, so if we have, if, uh, this is just a suggestion to the Lakers organization, should anybody hear it? Mm-hmm. You should have LeBron and AD on the floor together. I think Rondo is the perfect Per point guard for that. Yes. Your next group should so you have Rondo, LeBron, and AD. Your yep. second one is going to be Westbrook, Anthony, Howard. Yes. Yes. Why not? I mean, fill in the blanks. You know what I mean? Well, he needs to figure this out. And then this is the crazy thing. I don't know if you saw this on Friday. I talked about this, and then Wolves dropped the bomb this past weekend that there are talks with Ben Simmons and Kyrie Aaron getting a swipe. I should just start uploading these a lot faster than what we are, because that right there would make a lot of sense. And I'm going to tell you right now, I don't care if they do have James Harden and and Kevin Durant. And Kevin Durant knows this why he doesn't want this to happen. If Philadelphia gets Kyrie Irving, it's over. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Joel and Bede, Joel and Bede and Kyrie Irving would be great together. Yeah. And not just that, but it, it allows Tobias Harris to spot up when he needs to spot up, right? You have a true point guard. Yes. 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 When was the last time they ever had that in Philadelphia? And, bro, they will love Kyrie. Those fans. Like, last time they had close to that was AI. I mean, I'm not talking about Andre. I'm talking about Allen. So, right. the last time they had something close to that, Kyrie, hands down, best ball handler ever, best show ever. Rucker Park comes to the NBA-type player. You know, like, that's Kyrie Irving. Can shoot, can do it all with either hand. Exciting to watch. He's actually one of my favorite point guards in you know, if he goes to Philadelphia, I'm telling you guys right now, you might as well hang the championship banner up in Philly. I'm even picking them over anybody in the West Coast. So there, there's another point I wanted. I, I was thinking about this as you're talking. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, to the point of the Danny Green, speaking of Philadelphia, right? Yeah. Yeah. Point of Danny Green. I'm not one of those people that are big on Danny Green. I'm one of the other side from what you're you're talking about, right? right. I think he was expendable, but I will tell you where my eyes opened a little bit, where I was like, okay, maybe it wasn't as bad as I thought. Was <laughs> when they went and picked up Cam right? Right. It's funny. It's funny that they they went away from the Danny Green role, right? They did whatever they did last year, and they went and they got Kent Bazemore. They brought him back. Why? Because if you look at Kent Bazemore's play compared to Danny Green, they're damn near the same person. <laughs> Except no. Danny Green shoots the three better. Don't get me wrong. Yes, yeah, when that. he's when he's when he's on, when he's on, he shoots the three a lot better. But the defensive side, it's it's like okay, we've got all these stars. We need to fill this hole with a good defensive role player. Guess what? Oh, Kent Bazemore, you're the guy. That was Danny Green two years ago. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's funny that the Lakers are seeing that same thing too, because by reverting back to it, it just you know furthers your point that Danny Green was a crucial role player in that system in that year, even yeah. with the big shots that he missed. I just think for me, I'm like, hey, you've been on the stage before multiple times. You mm-hmm. were very successful. You were under Greg Popovich, right? And that speaks a lot when you know what you need to do. You know how to control the game. You should be able to control your own game. You shouldn't be missing big shots like this. You're not reliable. But do you play a good role? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And But, I mean, I feel like on this particular team, I think it would have suited Danny Green a little bit better than it did a couple of years ago. You know, if honestly, I think – I agree. I think that if – if they traded Kent Kent Bazemore for Danny Green right now, I would not be mad about that because, because Kent Bazemore is showing. I'm gonna tell you this: he's a he's a pretty good three point shooter, but the three point shots that he's been able to shoot and not make, Danny Green probably would have made those shots because he. I mean, just looking at those three games, Danny Green, yeah. this dude has had time to shoot the ball. Every time they get the pass. So you got to be that guy. And and that's not to say, I'm not saying they're going to trade him for him, but I'm what I'm saying is that's not to say maybe in that situation, because I know you put Carmelo in the, in the second team, maybe in that situation, but though, if Frank Vogel or, or, you know, Fizz goes, Hey, when you're on the floor with Braun and Rondo, just stand in the corner, you telling me that, Carmelo Anthony won't hit those damn shots. Oh, absolutely. That's a layup. So that's what I'm saying. Everybody relax because there's still a lot to figure out about this team. And it can work. It actually can work. And if they figure it out, watch out for the league. You know, even though I just said my prediction, only thing I – the only thing I will say is that trade has to go through for your prediction, though. That's not that's right. neither here nor there because right, it's just, right. It has to go through. It has to go through. So I mean, the Lakers are still my number one pick. Um, if the trade goes through, I I, I would love to see a, a Philadelphia LA championship because that's probably where we head. Because I just I just think that maybe it has to be the right coach. Let me ask you this: this this is not on our docket, but I want to pose ask you a question. This for this team, this particular team, okay, the the players that they have and stuff like that. 
would Steve Kerr or Greg Popovich be a better coach for LeBron and these guys than Frank Vogel? Or would you just keep it the same? Or hold on, let me ask you this. Do you think Jason Kidd should have stayed and they would should have made him the coach? Uh the, I don't think I don't think there was any any keeping Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd, that was gonna be his deal. Yeah, you know? yeah, he was gonna that's that's gonna off the books for me. I don't think that there was anything that was gonna go against him leaving. Yeah. yeah. Um but as far as Vogel or or Kerr Popovich, yeah. Well, I I personally would say just keep it as is. Okay. Right. And the reason being is because of LeBron James, right? Yeah. I know LeBron, LeBron is still a player on the court, but LeBron directs the team. So I don't care what coach is on the side of the bench. LeBron's still going to do LeBron Mm. and the team's going to run how LeBron wants to be ran. Yeah. So to me, when I look at a coach and I look at whoever's coaching a team that LeBron is on, you're only there because the position really needs to be filled mm-hmm. or you might be a second opinion at some point. Right. Yeah. But no, when you got LeBron on the floor, LeBron is the player coach, if you ask me. So um, I would, if, if it was a different story and LeBron wasn't that person, I would have loved to see Steve Kerr. Yeah. Because yeah, the but- way that the league is going right now and the way that it has been, look at where the Spurs have been. I mean, they had a consistent good run up until mm-hmm. last year or the yeah. year before, right? Yeah. So it's it's kind of like phasing out a little bit. And well, it's Steve not phase- Kerr's I don't think Steve it's Kerr's coaching out. ability, like what he's pushing is continuing. It's like it's like the over it's like an overlap, right? It's a transition over, I think. So yeah, I think yeah. Greg no, no I agree with the the Warriors are becoming the team that they were, but more exciting, like you pointed out. I I think that that Greg, Coach Popovich, went to a rebuilding stage too late. And it was because he held on to Tim and Manu and Tony just a little bit longer than what he should have. Or maybe he should have did what the Warriors are doing now. You keep Manu, Tony, and, 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 and Tim, and you build around the core because the warriors have kept the core together now added future pieces. So, and even Moody, this, this is the backup point guard. This guy right here is balling as well. So what it looks like, it's like it's going to be a smooth transition when the core and the core, the nucleus probably won't leave for another three to five years. I mean, I'm just saying they're all on the contract. They're, they're all the only person that may go somewhere because there's been a little rift in the front office is Draymond. But at the same time, you know, you got James Wiseman, you got the new power forward. I don't want to mess his name up. Uh, double zero though. You got him that they drafted in, in the seven, I think the seventh pick, right. Um, they drafted him and then you have Moody and then you have all these other guys that Toscano and then you, right, got Jordan you got Andre back. Who's who look like, Hell, it looked like it's 2015 again. Andre, the one <laughs> like everybody was like, Andre is done. He's back now because of the system. Okay, so to that point, let's think of this, right? Look, you got Curry. Clay's yep. going to come back. You got Draymond. You brought back Iguodala, right? Yeah. I mean, let's, let's kind of see. <laughs> Lakers are just down the road talking about we got Davis. 
LeBron, yeah. Rondo. Yeah. They need if you want to add more to it, go get Danny Green. Trade Kent Bazemore for him. That's fine. You got Dwight Howard, right? You've got the teams that over the past couple of years proved that there was some form of success. Yes. Right. Yeah. You're going back and getting those players because they're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. It worked and we gave up on it too quickly. So yeah, yeah no, and I agree with that. I find that interesting. I think what I think that was, you know, Rob Palenka's done a great job. I think that was one of the I don't think I would have traded. He traded Danny, though, right? He they traded him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think. I think if he would have done it all over again, he probably would have said. But this is the interesting fact, and I'm going to ask you this question, and then we're going to switch to football. Why do players say they're glad they got out of L.A.? They've been. It's been players saying that lately. They've gotten out of L.A. I'm happy that I'm not there anymore. And a lot of it is alluded to playing with LeBron. So why do you think players now? I know Michael is a little bit different because people used to say that about Michael and some people used to say about Kobe. Do you think it's because they all expect greatness or do you think that LeBron holds the ball too long? Um, so I, I think that there's a form of pressure. Yes. You know, when you have the consistency across the board, when you have these all time greats above the superstars, these are all time greats. These are like Greek gods of basketball, right? Yeah. yeah. There is a yeah. level of performance that is expected. And if you don't, you're gone. Right. So there mm-hmm. is a level of pressure. I get that. But when you even go microscopically down to let's talk about Jordan, Kobe and LeBron, LeBron is a different animal because he coaches the team on the floor as is and makes the decisions when they're in that role, right? So at the time. So you have a little more control on LeBron's side. And yes, it alludes to him holding the ball more, maybe making a different pass than what was expected, right? So if people are leaving and they're happy about it because of playing with LeBron, it's just because they can't get on his page and that's the thing he demands not only the 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 level of perfection but the demand is also play on my page guys yeah right yeah and it's but but here's the thing how can my my question my my well this is a rhetorical question it would be more for those people that have left if you can't get on his page and his page took him to eight nba finals why would you choose not to be on his page that to me sounds like it's more of a pride thing. Yeah, it could be. It also could be stat chasing, right? So, no, I'm not talking about LeBron's choice. Uh, I know right, no, everybody probably, wants to get their their exactly to their so, money, right? So, for example, the money. So, for example, Jay Crowder was everybody saw it, but Jay Crowder was the first person to come out and say, "This dude holds the ball too long." And then there was something that happened where. Josh Hart, Lonzo Ball, even Brandon Ingram was like, man, I don't want to play with this dude, right? So now Danny Green says he's happier in Philly. So my question is, does that have to do with LeBron or does that have to do with the Lakers culture? And I just don't know because I – I yeah. think it's LeBron. Direct it's, answer to me for me is LeBron. It's LeBron, but in, in Danny Green's situation, he said he's happier, but this is the deal. 
if all you have to do is stand in the corner or stand at the top of the key and hit three pointers, and just work on your game and shoot three pointers. You get what right. I mean? you where you need to be. That's that that's that's why I said, why would you not want to be on his page? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you're gonna get the NBA makes money. Let's not be yeah. let's not sugarcoat this. People yeah. they make money, right? Uh, every player on any team, a bench warmer makes money, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I mean, I think I, I think also there could be a fear of the Kevin, what I would call the Kevin Love effect. Kevin Love was a superstar in the NBA. Yeah. And had a very, very bright future. And then look what happened as soon as he went over to Cleveland. Right. LeBron wanted him. He brought him over. Right. They got him. They gave up but, Andrew. But, but, but LeBron wanted him to be the player he was. And that's what happens. That's what happens with these players. They stop being the players that they, I don't know if they're in awe. I don't know if they're fans. I don't know what's going on with them. But he he even said this. He said, I want Kevin to be the Kevin he was in Minnesota, which he could have rebound, pass the ball, throw the ball out, do all that stuff. Right. But he even admitted that there was a lot of pressure. He felt like playing with LeBron. Yeah, of course. Of course. And look, look at the names that you just listed. We're talking Jay Crowder. How many teams you been on, Jay? A lot. So you're 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 dispensable. Let's be real. Okay, and Josh Hart, and he. I'm not saying that these guys aren't. He went to an NBA Finals because of LeBron James. Let's just keep that in mind too. Yeah, right. And I mean, overall, when we're talking about the the names that are on there, I'm not saying that they're not good, but I'm saying that those are dispensable. Be be honest. I mean, yeah, they're better than you and I. Brandon Ingram is good. Lonzo Ball is good. Yeah, yeah. Josh Hart is good. Right. (laughs) Hey. Josh Hart is, I mean, I, I like Taylor Horton Tucker. I really wish they probably would have kept Caruso over him, but I really like him. I like Josh Hart. I think he's a very good basketball player. No, he's he, never going to he, be a superstar. He probably will never be an all-star. I mean, he but will be a summer league MVP. He, he can perform. He, <laughs> he can, can ball. perform. He can ball. Right? But none of them, none of them, I don't care who's on that list, none of them warrant the ability to tell LeBron – I'm not doing what you're doing. That's to me, that's a pride thing. Yeah. You just don't want to give in. Right. So whatever. It's like this. I think it's, I think it's real simple. You play with LeBron. It's a, it's a, and I'm going to go as far as say, if he has a good cast around him, it's probably a 98% chance you go into the NBA finals, no matter where, where, no matter where he goes to play. And what's real interesting, I don't know if you saw this, he wanted to go to Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Yep. But I don't what well, I don't think he got a meeting or something like that. Nothing. No, there was a meeting. I it was a last second change that happened. I actually just saw a post about it not long ago because it was bringing up the fact that LeBron could have been in Philadelphia yep. a while ago, right? Yep. And yeah, that was his number one team for a while. So um I don't know. And then maybe this Ben Simmons thing wouldn't exist. But let's switch it to the NFL. We got a lot to get into. It's been crazy. I just want to start off by saying the Ravens are not who I thought they were on defense. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm glad you brought this up because this is something I don't – I just, there, there have been times that I'm right, but I had two, not one, 
but two major call-outs this week. No, you did, and, and the sun does shine on the dogs, but every once in a while, yeah. Every once yeah. in a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, no, um, one thing I did, and, and we're going to just jump into our uh, – right into our first question in our NFL, in the NFL question. Um, are the Bengals for real? I, and and that's, the, that's the question I would pose. Are the Bengals for real after watching them play the Baltimore Ravens? So this is an overall answer for the whole NFL. I don't think any team can be said whether they're real or not right now. Okay. That's including the Cardinals, by the way. No, I agree with that. Yep. Right. When we're seeing a dip, we're seeing different teams every week. And granted, the Cardinals are undefeated, right? So it's hard, it's hard for me to say, you know, certain wins and losses or whatever. They, they haven't lost yet. But let's take an example of the other, the other team that I was correct about. And that was the Titans, right? Mm-hmm. The Titans lose to the Cardinals week one. Yeah. Right, they beat Kansas City badly yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Right, so we're seeing two different teams here. Now we're seeing an emergence of Derrick Henry's uh, uh, consistency. Right, you don't expect a million, you know, a million percent on game one of the whole season when you've got seventeen games to go. Right, the first couple games are like let's feel it out and see what happens. Right, right. now we're getting two, three touchdowns a week, 150 yards a week. It's like, holy shit, here he comes, right? Right. But either way, my, my point is this, is that their teams, Baltimore, they're, what, five and two? Yeah. Five and two, right? Same yeah. with Cincinnati. Same Cincinnati, who was not even supposed to be in this conversation. Well, I will say this. I did say this last week on air, that it's a possibility that both teams will be five and two after this weekend and that's because i i believe in the cincinnati Bengals defense the, yeah. the defense is i watched the game and the defense is good like yes it was also hey logan wilson backed up what he said last week you know lamar didn't have that great of a game but he didn't make any mistakes either you know right. like so he they he kind of played and you alluded to this too you want to see Lamar run a little bit more. I, I felt like he should have ran a little bit more in this game instead of sitting back there and, and trying to be the pocket passer. You got to know when you, it's time to turn on the Jets and then to keep them off. And I felt like they, they got into his head a little bit. Think about it. That's psychology. Uh, He's just a running back, you know, that's p- playing quarterback. That's going to go in your head. And he's like, Lamar's like, well, you know what? I show them. I'll show them. And he stayed in the pocket probably a little bit longer than he needed to this past week. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. And let, let, let's think of this. I'm going to give one example here. What well, we're putting the, the, the pressure on Lamar as far as like what was said. He's a running back that plays quarterback, right? Right. We're, we also need to talk about who's on the other side of the ball in the actual physical play. Let's take the Colts mm-hmm. game, for example. The Colts were damn near blowing these guys out. Yeah, yeah. Why did the Colts lose that game? They was got it tired. Lamar Jackson? I think they got tired. I think they got tired. That's, that's what I was alluding to. Mm-hmm. The defense really showed up against San Diego, right? Lamar has no control over that. Nope. Right? So 
there's a lot of uncontrollables on Lamar's side, although Lamar did tire out the defense for the Colts. Had they been better prepared for their side, it might have been a different game, right? But either way, there's there's things that have happened that are saying, okay, did the Baltimore Ravens win this or did the other team lose this? Right, right. I think the Colts game, even though it was great performance by Lamar Jackson, I think the Colts lost that game more than Lamar beat them. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Absolutely, right. yeah. So when when we're sitting here talking about this, I, I haven't seen – let's say outside of, of, of Arizona, right? I haven't seen anybody literally say I'm going to be this consistent because I'm seeing, you know, this team win every single week. It's a W in the column, but did they win or did the other team just outright lose on their side? Right. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, with, with the San Diego game, I think it was a little bit of, okay, like, man, we about to go out here and we were, they were actually hyped to play that game. I felt like, and even though some people may disagree with me, and like I said, Cincinnati's defense is good. Joe Barrow, like I told you and Z last week, <clears throat> Joe Barrow is a good quarterback. And 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 I didn't allude, I told him this because we were talking this weekend. Um, Joe had the highest quarterback rating ever in college football. He had the most passing yards ever in college football. There's been a lot of great quarterbacks that have become great NFL quarterbacks that didn't have the type of season that Joe Burrow had at LSU. So besides last year, Joe Burrow went to a bad team. Let's just keep a rebuilding team. This team, Joe Burrow is going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, and he showed it this past weekend. Another guy that people felt I don't I don't get this either. Because when Joe Barrow was there, Chase was the best receiver in the nation. Okay, so when you have the right person throwing you the ball, I want to use Tom Brady and Antonio Bryant, for example. Okay. Antonio Brown. I always say Antonio Brown. Sorry. Antonio Brown. I want to use these two. Tom Brady has made Antonio Brown, uh, he's had a resurgence, so to speak. He looked like the Antonio Brown that that had a kickoff re- uh, punt return and stepped over on old boy's chest, like jumped on his chest. <laughs> I remember that. I remember that. <laughs> All right. I think it was against the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> but <laughs> It was. Oh, I forgot yeah, the team. It, oh, it, good call. It was, wow. It was against the time. Cleveland Browns, yeah. And he just like, I mean, you, he literally, st- <laughs> it was the first time I had seen a punt returner get flagged. You got to get an unsportsmanlike conduct for stepping on a man's chest doing a return. Like it was the craziest thing I had ever seen. But my point is, is that Tom Brady makes Antonio Brown a better receiver. Yeah. Jamar Chase is who he is because of that situation now. That's just going to make me go into my next question. Is Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase the best duel in the NFL right now? After seven weeks and nothing before that, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. It's a, but all we have is seven weeks to go off of, right? Yes, right. Jamar Chase is a rookie, right? And I, right. But I said this last week when I said Joe, Joe Burrow is going to be a good quarterback in the NFL for years to come. 
as long as he has Jamar Chase. Now, here's the other thing that I have a problem with, though, is that you have to evolve from this, though. You can't just stop it saying, well, we got Burrow and Chase. We could focus here, here, and here. No, you need to go get another wide receiver, right? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You and Z both last week were talking about just how good Boyd and Higgins were. Uh, I'm not saying that they're not bad, okay? But they're role players, right? Jamar, they, you still need. You need another. Because, I agree with you. I agree. I all agree. we're going to end up having here, it, we're going to have, and I hate to compare it to the team because Joe Burrow is nowhere near the caliber of this quarterback, but we're having a situation of possibly what the Kansas City Chiefs are going into, which is going to lead us into probably the next topic that we're going to talk about here in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, Patrick Mahomes is a video game. Yes. But what I had said last week as well is that teams are starting to figure it out a little bit. And if you do the, if you, if you stay stagnant in Cincinnati and don't build off of this, you're going to have the same thing where all you got to do is just go, you know, cover two, throw two people over on Jamar Chase and done deal. Right. Right. But guess what? If you go and improve, certain areas of the team that can also help, like let's say another receiver, another st- another stud receiver. Mm-hmm. Boyd is good. He's not a stud. Higgins is good. He's not a stud. Mm-hmm. They're good enough. Go get one. Throw these teams off, right, because you don't want to stay stagnant on the offense like Kansas City has. Well, the reason why Kansas City has stayed stagnant, let's, let me get into that. The reason why they've stayed that way, is because Patrick Mahomes is too busy, and they talked about this on First Take today. Patrick Mahomes is too busy trying to make the big play. Yeah. And, and you said it right. He's a video game. In video games, what the hell do we try to do? We try to do the spectacular. He's a human video game. So he's trying to make those same plays and do the same thing he even did against Washington. And when you play in a more talented defense and a more ta- well-coached team like the Tennessee Titans were are, are right now, right? You can't – you got to learn how to check down. There were multiple receivers open, whether it be the tailback, whether it be a tight end right there. And Kelsey goes to Kelsey quite a bit. But what I'm saying, even some of his receivers, they were open on the check down. Now, that doesn't look sexy. That doesn't look video gamish. But the thing about it is if you – that's what make Tom Brady's made his living off of. We all know that Mike Evans can go deep down the field. We all know that Chris Godwin can go deep down the field. But guess what they've done? They said, hey, Mike and Chris, you guys, when the opportunity is there, going to be more so of the big play guys. But we're going to throw it deep to Antonio Bryant because you guys are going to be working the field, and he can get open one-on-one. He can get open a lot quicker. The man is quick. His fast twitch muscles are ridiculous. He's fast. Tom Brady's made his career of this. If I have somebody going deep, I if I can't get the ball to him, and I know the line is not that good, which is the case for the Kansas City Chiefs. They might got some good offensive linemen and replace some people, but they haven't played together that long. Now, like you said, it's seven weeks. You got to start changing up how you approach the game because you your schedule is about to get tougher. 
they still got to play the Dallas Cowboys. And I'm going to be honest with you. They ain't going to beat the Cowboys. Not playing like that. And like you said, I like the idea. I want to even ask you this. I'm going to pose a question to you because we talked about this. And I don't know. I think, is it this week or next? I think it's this week. Did the trade deadline pass already for the NFL? Uh, I think it's this week. Okay. So if I'm if I'm doing the trade deadline, right, this is my thing. If, I, if I'm the Kansas City Chiefs and I like what you said, I wholeheartedly agree with you on this. Go out and get Odell Beckham. Tuesday, November 2nd. November 2nd. Yep. Go out. Uh, that, that would be huge. Go out and get Odell Beckham. If but you what, can, would, what would Cleveland demand for that, though? If I'm Cleveland, look, this is the deal. You... There is talk that Cleveland wants to get rid of that contract as well. So they're not, it's not going to be like a star for star type deal. It's going to probably be a, a second or third round pick, maybe one of their receivers. You know, I wouldn't say bring Josh Gordon, maybe somebody. They don't even need any more receivers in Cleveland, to be honest with you, because they have a good core of receivers. So if I'm them, I'm if I'm Kansas City, if you want to have Patrick Mahomes play like a video game every single week, and this is what I'm going to tell you, Andy Reid made a mistake. Before he went to Tampa Bay, Patrick Mahomes wanted Antonio Brown. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, you remember that? But but Kansas City just picked up um, Josh Gordon. So that's what I was about to go to. If Josh Gordon is the Josh Gordon of old, look out. But they got to use him. But they have to use him. I was about to say that. You got we're, we're simpatico right now. Yeah. We're simpatico. You have, to, you have to use him. If you're yes. not using him, like this is the deal. They've caught up to the Tyreek Hill game. You know, I'm so, I, it was kind of crazy because I'm, I'm glad you pointed this out. He always throws there. That was one of the reasons why Sammy Watkins wanted to get out of Kansas City. He felt like he wasn't getting the ball enough. So okay. if, you, if you Josh Gordon, right, and even even uh, Le'Veon Bell alluded to it, he said, man, I wasn't even used in Kansas City the way I could have been used in Kansas City. So yeah. what's the point? And this is, as, this is on Andy Reid. You have to evolve now. You got to be like Byron Leftwich. Yes, this you is exactly what I'm talking about. You have to evolve because now everybody, and I, I didn't agree with you last week, but I agree with you this week after watching it. Everybody is catching up to what it is that you're doing. And if you don't have the appropriate weapons, you can't keep doing what it is that you're doing. You have a great tight end. You have a good receiver. But this is the deal. There's nobody after Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Yeah, there's some other players on that team. I don't even know. Hell, I don't even know their all their names. <laughs> And I would like to see – so speaking of some of those players, I would like to see Miko Hardeman get more involved. Yeah. Where, where the hell has he been? He's been – he hasn't been used, and that's the thing. That's he, my point, he, yeah. Miko, Miko Hardeman is like a – he's fast. He can catch. He's like a Waddle. Uh, like Waddle. Like, right, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, like but Calvin here's, Ridley. Here's the, he's a Calvin Ridley type receiver, yeah. Here's, here's the question that I would pose in regards to what you're just talking about, though, because let's take the history, and I brought this up last week about Andy Reid, right? Has Andy Reid, as a head coach, 
ever evolved when he needed to. I, I think he's a great coach, don't get me wrong. But I think he hits a level that he just can't get past. And oh, that's because of that evolution. Look oh. at the history in Philadelphia. Well, you're right. You could make the argument that he has the same type of offense. He runs the same type of offense. And he's had to, I think, grabbing Patrick Mahomes, he said, oh, shit, my, my offense is going to work. Right. Like, this is going to make my offense work the way I plan it. But now this is the deal. Same thing they said about Sean McVay last year. Is the league catching up to what it is that you're doing, right? So Let's you, talk about the offense and, and the turnovers. They have more turnovers in seven games than they had all year last year. No, you're right. You you absolutely right. But a lot of that has to do with Patrick Mahomes. He's yeah. doing too much. Like he's doing way too much. Like do the do the checkdowns. Have the, wait a minute. Let me ask you: Is that a Cincinnati Bengals hat you have on? No, it's not. It's Detroit Tigers. Okay, I was just like, wait. A I was just like, Michael has jumped. Bro, bro, if they, they're going to be able to see this when we upload our YouTube, which is coming up real soon. We're going to have take out the YouTube that we're going to start doing. So you're going to be able to see both of our shiny faces. But it looks like you have on a Bengals hat, brother. That looks, I mean, yeah. look, if you even look at the top of it, the orange and everything, that looks like a Bengals yeah. hat, you know. But um, I just lost my train of thought. Um, but if he had the same players, like if he had, I mean, he has his players, but now you got to know how to, what Kellen Moore, the Cowboys has done, has done a terrific job of now saying, this is CD Lamb's strength. This is Dak Prescott's strength. This is, I don't even know all the receivers, to be honest with you. Um, I don't know every single one of the receivers' names on their team. But you can tell that he's all of their receivers of, for the Cowboys. He's using them to their strengths. Of course. And right now, the same thing we were talking about with Sean McVay. He's using Cooper Cup to, to you know, it was crazy because somebody they just got um, or somebody that's on the team, Sean McVay said, I've, oh, Deshaun Jackson. He said, I have forgotten that I need to use Deshaun more. It's my bad. Is it like you forgot that you needed to use Robert Woods more until he came and told you? Exactly, right? Like the thing, the thing, the thing is, is like these coaches, when they got have that talent, they gotta go, wait a minute. I gotta have a bracket of the plays. And I think that's what's going on with Andy Reid. I think the Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes thing has been working for so long. Hell, Tyreek Hill, I think, was in the league one year before, a couple years before Patrick Mahomes, right? And and they had uh, Trent. Uh, I'm sorry, um, uh, Alex Smith. Alex Smith. I don't know if you remember when they did this play against the Cowboys. It was right before halftime. Andy Reid throws uh, just a screen receiver screen, and then the whole damn offensive line goes and blocks, right? So Andy Reid has glitches and he has things that he can do and different things he can do on offense. But most of his packages right now for Tyreek Hill. And like you yeah. said, hell, you said Hartman. I didn't think they had him anymore to be on this with you because I haven't seen him like playing. And then I forgot that he had Josh Gordon. So my thing is this, Andy Reid needs to evolve a little bit more. So I'm going to agree with you on that. He has to evolve if he wants, but this is the deal. Does there, 
the enemy take over? Because I do know this. Even though Eric B. Enemy is the offensive coordinator, I know Andy Reid overreads him quite a bit. That, that there's not, I don't think there's a situation where it's like, this is the play I'm calling. And Andy goes, oh, well, let's change it up. You know, I don't think, I don't, I think that they need to come together, kind of like Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich did, right? But you've seen the creativity out of Byron. Now he's like, look, I got all these weapons. And they, Tampa Bay and the Cowboys use their weapons right now the best that I'm seeing them. And it's it's ironic you say that because it's going to bring up a point that I think a lot of teams need to start looking at. Kellen Moore was a, a good quarterback at Boise State. Yeah, he was. Yeah, right. He was. Let's, let's not sugarcoat it. He was really good. Mm-hmm. He was really good. He didn't make it to the NFL that well. He was gone very quickly, right? Yeah. But look at Byron Leftwich, first-round pick, Jacksonville's future at one point, right? Yeah. His career ended up taking a nosedive. Right. Yep. So let's just say he had a less than less than successful career overall, right? Absolutely. Especially when you're the number one pick, you have to say that. It's exactly. Tough, but you have to say that. Yeah. Exactly. So here's my point: the usefulness of these quarterbacks. Which, when I sit here and I talk about how much I hate USC quarterbacks, Alabama quarterbacks, OU quarterbacks, right? Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't mean they're not good. It just right. means that they're not good enough to perform maybe on the field as a starting quarterback. Right. But can they be useful on the sideline? The combination of Kellen Moore and then you've got Byron Leftwich over in Tampa Bay, it's showing me something. How you talk about they're using their players how they need. There's no better person to me than a former quarterback that should be able to know and read this guy's good at this. I may yeah, not be able yeah. to throw that ball that way, but guess yeah. what? Tom Brady can do a lot better than me, so I'm going to use him in that strength, right? Yep, yep. Are doing that, guys. Detroit, please go get somebody. <laughs> okay? Please, please, please. I don't care who it is. Right, right, right. Go right. get somebody. <laughs> um, there was another point I was going to make, but it's not important. We can move on from here. It's not a, not a big deal. Okay, cool. So that brings me to my next question, and we were kind of going to talk about this. Will the Chiefs miss the, cow- miss the playoffs? Will the Chiefs uh, miss the yes. playoffs this year? Yep. I'm going to say right now they're going to miss the playoffs. Okay. San Diego is strong. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, Vegas put an ass whooping yesterday. Yeah, um, they did. They're playing so much better. You you should yeah, see how crazy it is. Everybody is hyped up. I forgot who did Vegas play yesterday. Um. Oh, man, I was just messing with everybody about it. I don't know. You have the, you have the computer in front of you. Yeah, I do. Um. Oh, I and I I know. Oh, it's Philly. It's Philly. I should have known. Philly. Yeah, they they're out here putting points on the board, right? So Vegas is over there, and you know what I'm saying like your AFC West is actually pretty good. No, the AFC West. We talked about this. The AFC yeah. West is a strong conference, and and right. that's what and and you know I like. I'm gonna be honest. With you, I'm gonna touch on something. I like the fact that they're playing more games. I know that some of the players don't like it. But I like like next year is definitely going to 18 games. You can say what you want. People can say what they want to. It's going to 18 games next year. Yeah. Because more football is exciting. But this is gonna, it's you know, when you have 17 games, like right now, we're at week seven, like you said. Like everybody's what five and two, four, uh, four and three, three and four, two and five. Detroit is like oh and seven, I think. 
you know, yeah. so we're going, so, we're going to go for the 0 and 17 record first, and then we'll go 0 and 18 next year. Oh my gosh. Look, I'm going to tell you this and I'm going to put this if, if, if where I'm in Vegas, where you bet. And I'm going to say something's going to blow your mind. Maybe Detroit will win one game this year. Oh, they, they will. Vegas. They will. I think if you want to put if you want to put a lot more money, they may win too. Because there has been some games. Like I'm gonna be honest with you, they Baltimore shouldn't have won that game. I mean, that's that's the story of the Lions, bro. Cincinnati, if you can make an argument, Cincinnati shouldn't have won that game. Yeah, there's always. Last year was the tale of the loss in the fourth quarter. The year before, the loss in the fourth quarter. right? Right. Right. This is why I don't like Jared Goff behind, and I don't want to get off on a whole other topic because we were talking about something, but right. Jared Goff folded, and he showed it, and then he got emotional about it. Yeah. If you're going to get emotional, channel that emotion into practice throughout the next week. Jared Goff is going to be like all the number one drafted quarterbacks that have been look, – look, I mean, like you said, in his case, he went to Detroit to die. He could have revitalized his career. But I think he's gonna probably be one of those guys. Look, he was he was in LA living the life. Let's just keep it. I mean, you when you plan any type of sport in LA, you look like as a king, especially when they're winning, they're doing well. Jared right. Golf, I don't feel like worked hard hard enough. And <clears throat> I think he has an opportunity to prove himself. Dan Campbell called him out last week. Maybe it was to help him wake up, but I look what happened this week. But he stayed yeah, he stayed asleep. But let me let me pose a question for you. We got to get back to what the Chiefs uh, missed. You said, no, I got to answer that question. But I'm going to pose a question for you. What if Detroit would have drafted Joe Barrow? It wouldn't matter. You don't think it would have mattered? You don't think he's a better quarterback than Jared Goff? Nope. Oh, man, Michael. I'm, but no, I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. Because the second part of it may not have ever happened. It would have happened though. Because the second part of it, the no, second it part of it, it would have happened though. I knew you were going to say it, but this is what y'all keep forgetting. Joe Barrow wanted Jamar Chase, so if he That's goes to Detroit, he gets Jamar Chase. So my question to you, you just said no, which I you lost your damn mind. He's gonna, a way better quarterback than Jared Goff ever was. So I'm gonna. I'm going to say collegiate-wise, yes. Collegiate-wise, yes. But you can't tell me that Joe Burrow is better in the NFL than Jared Goff right now when Jared Goff has been into he's been to a Super Bowl. Uh, it's too early in Joe Burrow's career. And I'm not a, I'm not and I'm not okay. a, a Jared oh, Goff. You don't even have to say you don't even have to say that because he helped the defense took them to a Super Bowl. Let's just keep Agreed. that. Agreed. Oh, I'm not saying so, it was so, Jer- so Jared Goff game manager. If you go stat for stat, even rookie year, go look him up. You got your computer in front of you. Joe Barrow had a better stat line than Jared Goff with a bad team without a Jamar Chase. Now he has a superstar. Jared Goff had Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. Oh, I'm not disagreeing. I'm not disagreeing. He had a team behind him. Jared Goff, I think, I think, I think if if Joe Barrow goes to Detroit, he Detroit is way better. I, I'm saying better. my 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 position on Joe Burrow is this is like 
Jared Goff is doing this and Joe Burrow is going, Jared Goff's coming down. He's descending. Joe Burrow is ascending and he's ascending very quickly. Right. Before he got hurt though, let's keep in mind. I'm not, I'm not saying he wasn't, I'm not saying he wasn't, but given that situation and the catapult that he's had because of Jamar chase, I'm not confident that the lions, regardless of who Joe Burrow wanted, I'm not confident that they would have went and got Jamar Chase. Well, it's a good thing that he didn't go to Detroit. So I'm going to go ahead and answer the question, though. So, yes, my thing is the Chiefs are going to miss the playoffs, and I'll go into it. Why wouldn't you give your answer? No. So, no, you can – I asked you first, so you can finish it. Finish your answer. Let's let's take the division, for example, right now. Mm -hmm. Las Vegas is leading at five and two. Yeah. Denver's at three and four at the bottom. The Chiefs, they're at three and four tied with them. Okay. Right? So when you've got Vegas putting points up and you've got char- the Chargers that are going to probably be consistently good through the whole year. Yep. If you don't make a correction right here, right, right now, yep. you're going to be two or three games behind by the time you're really going to open your eyes to it anyway. Yep. You don't have time to waste at this point in the season right now. Yeah. That's – over is is as clear cut as that. You address the problems, fix them, make the changes, move on. Okay, so my answer is it's too early to tell, and the reason why I say that is because I don't know if we can trust the Chargers, and hell, I don't even know if we can trust the Raiders. I know that both of those teams are good, but. This is the deal. Besides the offensive lineman, and I want everybody to pay attention to this. Besides the offensive lineman, the Kansas City Chiefs haven't lost anybody. It's all a bad thing. Right. It may be a bad thing, but this is the deal. Eventually, everybody has to wake up. And like you said, wake up. So I'm going to say it's too early to tell. Now, if they lose, out of the next five games, three of those games, they're not going to get to the playoffs. I will say it like that. But if they go on the run, which some teams do, if they go on the run, which some teams do, remember, Seattle was 5-0 and last year. Then stuff happens, injury happens, whatever the case may be. So I'm going to say just my – I'm going to leave it right there. My answer is – and you all you all correct because those were facts that I was going to allude to. Raiders are 5-2. I think the Chargers are 5-2, right? They're 5-2. No, well. no, the Chargers are 4-2. Four, four they had their bye week this oh, week. Oh, they had a bye week. Okay, so they're 4-2. Right. and two. So – and then you got Denver and you got the um, Kansas City Chiefs. At 3-4. and 3-4. Both at 3-4. and four. Now, I will say this. Only way they may make it because, like you said, no one expected. No one expected. Like you said, it's the West is tough. But I'm gonna tell you this: no one expected what the Cincinnati is doing. The Ravens aren't out of it, and hell, I'm gonna even go as far as to say that the Browns are technically not out of it. We know they got a solid defense and good team. Then let's go. You know, we can make a. We can make an argument that now because the Ravens lost hell Pittsburgh, not even out of it. So, but then we have the East, the AFC East, and I'm not confident in that, but after seeing, seeing the Patriots play yesterday, 
they played the Jets, okay? But they put up 54 points on on the on the on the in an NFL team, right? So what I'm saying is that the Patriots schedule kind of favors them. That's all I'm gonna say. So with the Chiefs, I'm gonna say it's too early to tell, but that is my next question. Can the Patriots make a playoff run? Um, because I'm, I'm looking at the AFC right here, right now. Mm-hmm. Can they make a playoff run? I mean, it's never out of the question when you got Bill Belichick as your as your coach, right? Right. But but here's a big but, and this is why when you said they put 54 points on an NFL team, granted it was the Jets. I don't care that they put 54 points up. Mm-hmm. No, Zach Wilson was out in the second quarter, so even as the Jets, they still were without even their their star quarterback. And I wouldn't even call him a star. He's just their starting quarterback. Let's just say that. Maybe I didn't finish the word. It was starting quarterback. Right, right. But I mean, can they make can they make a push? They can. They're three and four. Just right there with Kansas City and with uh um Denver, right? Right. But when you've got your AFC North that you may have both wild card teams coming out of. I mean, the next four and three team or next three and four team that's out there is Indianapolis. And granted they could get past Indianapolis, but Indianapolis is playing pretty decently right now. No, they're playing very, very well. You know what I mean? So can they make a push? They can. Do I think it'll happen? Nope. I think they miss it. You, you I think, think they miss the playoffs. I think the chiefs miss the playoffs. Um, I can see the Raiders, Raiders winning the West Raiders or San Diego, but I can see the Raiders right now because they're putting, they're putting those points up right now. No, yeah. that's the, that's one of the biggest surprises outside of Cincinnati that I'm seeing now. If you ask me that question this week, right. Who's your most surprising team right now? Now it's Las Vegas because Cincinnati I mean, doesn't show me what I need to see. I mean, if you like you said, if you're if you're um, if you're asking the question like right now, mm-hmm. then yeah, then so look, I you got the Cincinnati Bengals at like right now at the top of the AFC, and this is just alphabetical order or whatever, right? You have not even alphabetical order. These are the dang. These are the top teams. The records. These you have the Cincinnati Bengals. You have the Las Vegas Raiders. You have the Tennessee Titans all at five and two. And people on people don't remember. I think the Titans went oh and two to start the beginning of the season. No, they went one and one. And I do one. want to talk about the Titans in a second, but go ahead. Okay. Yeah, well, we, we'll get to that. And then we got the Buffalo Bills, we got the Baltimore Ravens, and then we got the Los Angeles Chargers, then the Browns, then the Pittsburgh Steelers are sitting right there in the middle of the pack. So now there's some talk of them adding a playoff team or a couple of teams or whatever the case may be. So right now you have the Patriots sitting sitting at the very end of of possibly if you know if it was like in that mix at the very end if it was possible extra teams in the playoffs. If if we were to say based on the reason why I say this is because their schedule they can they can make a run because their schedule helps them. But when I look at the team and I look at these teams that we got in front of us, and that's why, you know, Wazir said this, 
the jury's still out about the Bengals. Even though they beat Baltimore, it's still out about the Bengals. But you know those teams that got head starts? The, the Cincinnati Bengals have won what they're supposed to do. And sometimes when you have those type of teams, they get you in. Do I think the Raiders are a better team? Yes. <clears throat> then the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, like, overall oh, yeah. team. Overall yeah. team. Overall team. The team that, that's on my radar right now, and we're going to – I'm going to let you because you wanted to talk about it. The team that's, that everybody needs to be afraid of in the AFC right now because they got the complete package. They got two dominant receivers. They, they have a dominant tight end, a pretty good – not dominant, but a good tight end, complimentary, because I think they let John O. Smith go. He was better. But I will say the Tennessee Titans, they are built – for not only the playoffs, but to make a strong run. So my question, my answer to what I was just saying, though, was I feel like their schedule helps them get into the playoffs, the Patriots. But you want to talk about the Titans. I think the Titans can be the I think the Titans can make a solid run to the AFC championship. They can, but I also think that they're the fakest team in the AFC. Ooh. Okay, why is that? We're talking about a team that can beat Seattle by three points in overtime. Right. That can come in. And granted, Seattle's not Seattle. But when you're talking about – that was week two. That was the one – that was the game, the first game they won. They lost against Arizona week one. Mm -hmm. But when you're talking about Tennessee coming off the season that they had last year, I could see – being fairly close to the Cardinals, they got they got whooped. It was 38-13. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's like they didn't even show yeah. up. I I would have expected the points, the 33 then that they scored against Seattle. That's a normal for me because of the way that Derrick Henry, that was an expectation for me. 25 to 30 points. Like mm-hmm. I can see that. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're sitting there saying, I got Julio Jones and AJ Brown. Yeah. Let's get let's they were injured for a couple of weeks. Let's let's give them that. Though. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. But you still have Derrick Henry, right? We've seen that Derrick Henry has been the workhorse not only last season, but he's already over that almost that a thousand yards this year. He's almost there, right? But but you made a good point though. They didn't have the receivers that they had. Well, their receivers were injured. They did have because because um AJ Brown was there, but um I can't think of the receiver that's in Julio Jones. No, no, no. And with the Jets now. Um, oh, yeah, Corey yeah, Davis. yeah. Corey Davis. Corey yeah. Davis. So they, Corey Davis is a good receiver. So let's I, I agree with you. I so, agree with but, you. But he's not Julio Jones. Let's just put it that way. So when, when you say Derrick Henry is a workhorse, keep in mind, those two guys were injured, like you said. Now they're healthy. So you can't. You can't go into a box against Derrick Henry like they were doing last year. That's right. That's and, I, I, and I get that. I think that Julio Jones draws attention just for being Julio Jones. But let's also be honest. Julio Jones is not Julio Jones of five years ago. No, he's not. No, he's no. barely caught anything this year. He hasn't, he hasn't been a factor, which is my point as to. But he will be. I, I see New offense. He will. I don't be. think he will be at all. Wow. Okay. He wasn't a he wasn't a factor with Atlanta last year at all. Right. He wasn't a factor the year before at all. 
Yeah, well, see, and this is the thing that I, this is the problem that I have with Julio Jones because, and I've had to pay very close attention to him because I had him in a keeper league in fantasy for four years straight because he was my first round pick the first year at number nine. And you just don't give that person up unless you're willing to just say, well, screw it and I'm rebuilding my fantasy team, right? Right, right. So I kept it. I kept him over Odell Beckham. Mm. I had both, right? And the problem, I sat there and I kicked myself over and over and over again because what Julio Jones tends to do is that he will be dead silent for three or four games, and then he'll have a three-touchdown, 300-yard game, or he'll have a one-touchdown, 300-yard game. Regardless, he's getting the the catches and he's getting the the targets and he's getting the touchdowns, right? Right. And then he'll go silent for three or more weeks, right? Mm. He's boom or bust. And Ryan Tannehill is not Matt Ryan. No, he's not. I, I think Ryan Tannehill is a good quarterback. I've always said I liked him as a quarterback, but I think he's a decent manager of a team. And he, like, as far as clock goes, as far as where, where the, the plays need to be made, audibles called, et cetera, I think he's good enough to get it done. So do I see Julio Jones even being a factor at all this year? No. But in regards to the Titans themselves, they're – what was the biggest surprise in yesterday? I don't think anybody saw Derrick Henry passing for a touchdown in their life. Well, first but that, but that, but that right there, that is. I, look, I'm gonna tell you this: just being, you know, in in that niche, I could have. I in his life, yes, because this is the deal: when you're getting keyed on, like he gets keyed on, that is an advantage. Of right. the offense, like yeah, like hey, I'm about to do a, a pass. I'm about to throw a pass on y'all. Like, it, I I wouldn't have said. Do you think it would have happened in this game or maybe this year? Maybe not. But if you would have, if you would have said, hey, you know, like we're doing parlay bets in Vegas. Do you see Derrick Henry ever throwing a pass? Was like hell yeah. I mean, he all running backs eventually at one time or another does a halfback pass. Well, the the, the point to that. Of that being said, is the fact that they're switching up, they're keeping defenses on their toes. Absolutely. So that will get them possibly into the playoffs, but we're talking about a team who lost to the Jets. One of those two losses is to the Jets. It doesn't matter. Does hey? Just oh, but like, that was an NFL team, though. Wait a minute. But, you, you like the fifty-four points that the Patriots put up, even though it was on the Jets, but. The Jets can't get a credit for beating the Tennessee Titans? Wait a minute, no, they can get the credit, but the sun shines on the dog's ass just like you making good points. Hey, <laughs> say the same. Hey, either way, either way. I know there's a couple people out there who are like, Mike is all right. He's all right. No, but no, this is my team. Is that people, on any, people love you, brother. People love you. On any given week, um, I don't. I, I love the Tennessee Titans. Don't get me wrong. I love them. I, I have high hopes for them. Right. But – I see them as possibly being the team that ends up falling out of the race, if that's the case. But that means that means that the Patriots and that means that the uh, Chiefs have a better chance in that case for a wild card. Right. But that would also mean that probably the Colts are going to win the division and that's probably not going to happen. So the way that they're going to get in. It's just, it might be a first round exit, but they're going to be one of those teams that are going to get in. So- kind of. So I'm gonna tell you right now, the cheat, the the Tennessee Titans are winning the South. Okay. Oh, of course. Yeah, that's and my pick. Now, that would be my pick. Hold on. 
The Tennessee Titans, you say you think they're going to start declining? Hell no. They're not, they're not going to start declining. The reason why I think they're on the up and up is because of the balance that I actually watched yesterday during that game. You yeah. saw Derrick Henry actually running the ball, but you also saw the passing game. You saw a Julio Jones sighting for the first time in a few weeks. You saw all of that. So over a year. In over a year, right? You saw that Julio Jones was there. AJ plays as well as AJ is going to play. Ryan Tannehill is actually starting to play like the reason they kept him over Tom Brady, because whether people want to know this or not, Tom Brady was the quarterback that wanted to go to Tennessee. And he was like, y'all going to keep this? Y'all going to go with this guy over me? Which I know they wish they would have had Tom because him being a game manager and then having a Derrick Henry and then having Corey Davis last year and then A.J. Brown whew, and John o. Smith, because John o. Smith was there last year. I, I'm a John o. Smith man. Fan, if you guys can't tell, but look, this is my deal. As I'm looking right now at this schedule, mm-hmm. you have the Cincinnati Bengals there in the north. You have the Ravens. Look at the Titans schedule, right? No, no, no. I'm not looking at the schedule. I'm actually looking at the standings. I'll go into the schedule here in a second. Okay. I was going to say the next three teams oh. for the Titans are going to be huge tests. Okay, so hold on. We'll get. To, I'll get to that. Right now, you have the Cincinnati Bengals. You have the Las Vegas Raiders. One of those teams is in the West. One of those teams is in the North. The Titans are at the top of the South. And then you have the Buffalo Bills, who are also four and two. And the Titans just beat the Buffalo Bills, which I couldn't believe. I thought, I thought they would. Hold on. I thought that they would split these two games, to be honest with you. I thought they would go one and one in these two games. But as I'm looking at these guys and, and, and looking, at the, looking at the schedule for the Titans, you're right. The next three games that they got coming up, the Colts, the Rams. And Indy. And they have the Saints. I'm going to go ahead and say I think they're going to beat the Saints. And, hell, I think they're going to beat the Colts. And if they beat the Colts, that's going to be a telltale sign. Now, I don't think they're going to beat the Rams. But that's going to be a game on whether or not Ryan Tannehill is going to – we're going to see is Julio Jones really back because you know the Rams are going to – stack the box a little bit against Derek. Of course. course. Because that game is going to be also that game is going to be no, that's those that game, bro. Both of those games are at at, they only have one Andy. You did say it you did say Andy. Okay. Yeah. So at you right I say they go one and two possibly oh and okay okay I'm going I'm going to tell you I'm gonna back it up a little bit. I didn't notice that yeah, I agree with you. I think they're gonna go one and two on this on this uh, next three games on the next three games, which will put their record at six. And oh, dang! I didn't realize. Okay, so it put their record at six and four. So right. that that would put them kind of in the middle of the box, right? So I see where you're saying 
about so who, who are they who could they shape be shaping up to be like as far as record and what their team looks like even though they're better on paper we could have a revamp of last year's washington's football team no i don't think i don't think i'm, I don't saying, think. I'm just saying win the division right but no, but they no, won no, with no. A losing i think record. if you would have said i think if you would have said seattle i would have been on page with you with that because seattle started out strong and then started the fade. Towards I'm not. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about the end of the year results. When you look at the NFC from last year and the playoff team, playoff teams, you're like, how the hell did Washington get in there? Oh, they won their division. Right? Yeah, yeah. If Tennessee was in any other division, I would tell you, even with a five and two record right now, if they were in any other division, I would tell you that they're not going to make the playoffs. Okay, so let's look at the rest of the schedule right now. So you have they play. The Texans, who I think they're going to beat, they're going to beat the Saints. They're going to – I honestly – Why do you think they're going to beat the Saints? I'm curious. The reason why I think they're going to beat the Saints is because I think the Saints' run defense is not as good as their pass defense because Cam Jordan is better when he's attacking the quarterback. And I think in that game they're going to figure out they can run the ball a little bit better. I I would go on those same route that same route because I was gonna my my point was gonna be is that New Orleans has the top passing defense. No, that's they what I'm saying. They have a, a they have the passing defense, but they don't have the top run. De- they don't have a right. Good run it's defense. gonna be up to Derrick Henry by that time, and that game is going to be on his shoulders. They're gonna need 150 and two touchdowns, from which him. he probably will get. I mean, I'm just gonna be honest. Like they 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 have. A- I would bet that he doesn't. I think the Saints beat. I think the only game out of those three that as far as what I'm looking at, when I say they're going to go one and two, it's going to be Indy. You think that even in in Indianapolis, really, that's going to be interesting. That's going to be telltale. I'm going to go a little bit farther. If they beat the Colts, I'm going to tell you right now, they're going to go two and one on this whole. Because you think that they're going to be the Saints. Right. And that's, that's a possibility. That's a possibility. But then, like you said, they got tax, these Texans, which they're going to beat. And then you what got, do you think about New England in New England? So I don't think they're going to beat the Patriots because I think the Patriots are built to stop the run. And then they're built to make quarterbacks make mistakes. Tannehill will make mistakes in that game, so I don't think they're going to beat the Patriots. But they will beat the Jaguars. So you keeping you keeping tally right now. So what's the record right now? So we have them. We both have them going. Let's say one. In, let's say one and two through these three games. So one and so two. Now we're two and two. two. What happens with New England? So so we're at six and four, right? That's what like you're six saying. And four. So I think they lose that game. So they're six and five at that point. They beat Jaguars. Huh? Yes. Yeah, they'd be no. They'd be seven. No, no. They'd seven be and six five. and five. Oh no no you're right no because they're five and two right now they're gonna win oh no you're right seven they'd be seven and five seven and five seven and five so they're gonna week. the they're gonna have that week but then they play the Jaguars they're gonna beat the Jaguars you eight and five okay you lose I think they lose against the Steelers because the Steelers are like the Patriots they built to stop the run so now you nine I mean you eight and six right eight and six 49ers I don't know what the 49ers are, but it's at home. I'm going with the home crowd. I'm thinking the Tennessee Titans are going to beat 
the 49ers. So now we're nine and six, right? Dolphins, I think they beat the Dolphins. And I think they so I think they finished the season 11 and six, which will get them into the playoffs. They will win the South. And then the the problem is, is when they get to the I didn't say they were winning the Super Bowl. I said I said they're they're gonna what you say? Go go ahead. Finish what you're gonna say. I said that they're going to make it out of the AFC South and make a strong push. I'm gonna be honest with you. If they get some type of home home field advantage as the way that let's just say the playoffs started right now and you looking at the teams right now, right? They have some type of home field advantage. Now you got to deal with that Tennessee cold weather. They don't get home field for the first game. They get home field for the first game, but I think it will be what a coin toss of who's because they're all five and two. It goes by points and stuff like that. I have to look at who has the most points and all that stuff. Because did they play Cincinnati already? Did they play them? I don't think they played Cincinnati. And they so so it might be a corn flip. I don't know or who has the most points. I think Cincinnati has the most points, which is the reason why they're number one right now. So Cincinnati will have home field advantage, which means that you are playing in the cold, which means I feel like they could make, I'm gonna say this. They can make a run to the AFC championship with the way they are built. If the team, if the playoffs started right now, towards the end of the year, getting pounded, because you don't, you know this, people don't like tackling people in the cold. Hell, you grew up in Michigan. You played a little outside. You, did you like tackling people Ooh. in the cold? No, nah, no, nah, nah. I, I was always indoors. I was cool with all that stuff. <laughs> like, like I ain't having metal bruise me that, and that's that's the problem they're gonna run into. The people are gonna run into when they face the Titans going into the playoffs. So I'm saying eleven and six. Where where do you go? Um, I can see that eleven and six. I can see that right because the the rest of the schedule favors them a lot. Right, right. it definitely does. But you're talking division matchups. When you're talking division matchups that are coming up here, Jaguars, granted it's Texans. the Houston Texans and the Miami Dolphins, but no, no, I mean, no. Hell. Dolphins aren't in their division. No. AFC South? No. They're in, the, they're in the East, brother. Oh, AFC East. Who's in the AFC South? It's Colts, Jaguars. Texas. Jaguars. Jaguars, Jaguars, Jaguars. That's the other team. Yep. That's the other team. Mm-hmm. So they play, they play Houston, actually, though, twice, though, it looked like. Yeah. And I Which think they cool. win both of those games. So, but you, you got to play Miami, right? Miami at home could be a different game. That doesn't mean that they're going to, you know. They they could lose their they could I lose some. I don't I don't think Ryan Tannehill being in Miami they gave up on them. I don't think they lose that game. It'll be interesting. That's what I'm saying. That's, that's what I'm saying. It will be. I can see the eleven and six unless they get Deshaun Watson. I don't think they went. Which, which great point. Yeah, if they get, coming. if they if they get Deshaun Watson, the Dolphins are looking a little bit different. I don't think Deshaun Watson goes there. But either way, I see them with a winning record with the the process of them losing in the first round. I don't see them making a run against mm-hmm. the teams that are going in the playoffs. I don't see them making a playoff run in there to the Super Bowl. But you, don't I see think, them- you don't think if the playoffs ended right now, they could beat the Cincinnati Bengals? Nope. Wow. Okay. Nope, I don't. Okay. Nope. Okay, so we're going to – 
we're going to move right over. We've been talking about the Chiefs. Do you think the dynasty is over with the Chiefs? Chiefs? Uh, I don't think it was was a dynasty. <laughs> well, people say dynasty once you – I mean, yeah, they call the Bills. I think that word is very, very loosely used these days. Yeah, yeah. Right. If you're talking dynasty, talk about – you know, the Patriots. Talk about the Cowboys in the 90s. Talk the about... The Patriots are a dynasty. So yeah. are the... Steelers, oh, the Steelers Gold, are dynasty. Oh, so are the Golden State Warriors. Hell, you can make the argument that the Cleveland Cavaliers over the past uh, few years were a dynasty. The but way the way, the way it's been used, but the way you and I know about dynasty is, hell, you got to win two of the three championship games that you're playing in. And absolutely, absolutely. So I agree with you. Hell no. When were they ever a dynasty? I can't believe people are posing this question just because they get to the AFC championship. Hell, you can make the argument right now. Are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers a dynasty? No, they're not a oh. dynasty yet. Right? Yeah. So, so if they go back to the Super Bowl and win it, now you start the conversation. If they get to the Super Bowl and and uh three out of the four years and win it three out of the four years, or hell, possibly in their case. Cause you got the best game manager on the planet. Hell, four years now. Tampa Bay becomes a solid dynasty because they already have a Super Bowl without Tom Brady. So now you're starting to see those those win. But no, I agree with you. When in the hell would they, were they ever a dynasty? Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I, I think that's fairly just the the, the clear cut position. It's just it it never was. Yeah, it so, was something yeah, that had a great opportunity to become a dynasty. But I think dynasties these days are, for what we know it as, they're going to die. Good. So we, because we, that means there's more parity in all these leagues. Absolutely. There's a lot of good players. And so we're going to go back to the Titans right now. How high do you think the ceiling is for the Titans? Because I said AFC, possible AFC championship. So how high do you think it is for the Titans? This year or just going forward? Going, going. let's talk about this year and then maybe going forward. This year, I, like I said, I don't think they get past the first round. Okay. okay? But there's a there, it's, it's not like, oh, these guys are in the playoffs and they're trash. No, they're not. They're a very good team. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, their pass defense gives up points that are important, right? They give up important plays. There's a reason why Arizona – Scored 38 points. Kyler Murray abused the pass defense. Yeah. Right? So let's keep that in mind. If they can, that, that's that's the point overall. If they can adjust that and become more of a lockdown, shutdown, pass def- defense team, they're going to have Super Bowl contending opportunities. Right. If you're talking about why, why would I pick Cincinnati over Tennessee right now? Easy. Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Mm-hmm. They won't be able to defend it. They can't. They can't defend the pass very well. And, and Joe Mixon. Right. I mean, you throw Joe Mixon into that. that exactly. Oh, yeah. a, a passing, a pass catching running back. Mm-hmm. He's been doing that and it's been working. Yeah. So guess yeah. what? You open up the field. Now the Tennessee Titans are playing from behind. When you play from behind, do you run the ball? No. They don't throw the ball that well. I agree with that. Exactly. Now we're getting now. Now these are the exact points as to why I feel the way I do about the Titans. But mm-hmm. do I love watching them because of Derrick Henry and their possibility of the future? Absolutely. I they're they're one of those that's kind of like off to the side, like uh oh, watch out for these guys if they just change the defense up just a little bit. Yeah, and like I already said, I think I mean you just made some very valid points. 
But I think the way is going in the AFC, just based off their schedule and based off a few other schedules, I think they make a strong push to the AFC um, championship. But I want to get into a team that we you just mentioned. And I, I mean, these guys are showing out. We talked about them a little bit after they got J.J. Watt. Who is a threat? Who in hell, not only the NFC, but the AFC? Who? Because right now, the way the Cardinals are playing, and, and you guys, we talked about this on our last I got to upload all these episodes, but so you guys can all see where we, we were talking about this. We talked about this after they, I remember when you texted me, uh, sent me the text of Zach Ertz. Did you see what Zach Ertz did yesterday? This yeah. man is this man. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Where, Hold up. <laughs> did they, did they, I didn't know Zach Ertz was that fast. First of all, shout out to Zach Ertz, my man. You know, uh, and, and he has a beautiful wife, Jenny. Um, I think that's her name, right? Um, she yeah. plays soccer. So my my thing is this US women's national team. Yeah, yeah. This is my deal. I will say this. I will say this. I don't know who can beat the Cardinals right now. Who do you think can beat the, the Cardinals right now? Who's a threat to the Cardinals right now? I'm talking about if you if you had to choose a team to be a threat to the Cardinals, just off the top of your head, or if you're looking at some stats, who is a threat to the Cardinals? I'm gonna tell you right now, you're gonna you're gonna love it. Okay. Because it's on Thursday night. Ooh, we I think Green Bay. Yeah. Green yeah. Bay, yeah. Green Bay has to come here, right? So, Green Bay sitting there. You guys are what six and one too, right? Yes, yeah, no, uh, yeah. we're six and one, but they are seven and zero. Oh. It's way different. Ah, <laughs> nah, it's one game different, and you still have Aaron Rodgers. Rogers, he's a bad man. Yes, and let's 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 keep on the topic of past defenses, right? Yeah. Cardinals have a good run defense. You got Chandler Jones. You got JJ Watt. You got a great offense. You got a great pass offense. You got great run offense because their running backs are versatile to catch the ball. Let's talk about Chase Edmonds doing everything he has. But I will tell you, their pass defense, just like the Titans, is very, very, very suspect. Suspect. Okay. Yep. Um, Outside, I would tell you this: the Cardinals are going to lose this week to the Green Bay Packers. Well, I picked them to lose against the Browns, and that didn't happen. Yeah. Right? So I'm going to pick the Cardinals this week. Oh. Right? I'm going to pick the Cardinals because they're at home, knowing that the Packers can come in and change the dynamic of the whole situation. Now we're talking at that point, if the Packers beat them, Mm -hmm. now we're talking about the Packers being at the top of the NFC. Well, I mean – you, you I'm not going to argue with you about that. <laughs> so, but looking at the, I mean, outside of the, if I'm talking regular season, the only other team that I can see can compete with Arizona is going to be the Rams again because it's in LA. But that's at the end of the season. We got a long way to go. So, so I have a couple of team uh, teams that I think that can challenge uh, Aaron Rodgers, and I mean uh, the, the Cardinals. Oh, well, a few teams, not even a couple. The Green Bay Packers. So I like that answer when you said that. I like the Green Bay Packers. This is going to be a te- – look, this is not only a test 
testament uh, to how good the Cardinals will be. But even where my Packers are, like in in the you know if they because this is the deal, this is gonna be a telltale situation. Are the Cardinals for real, or or the the Packers for real? Right? You this is gonna be that type of game because. Even if the if the Cardinals win, you're gonna have to start saying, "Well, I mean, they beat Aaron Rodgers and the Packers," because we all know that the Packers' defense is not the greatest defense. They're getting better, and now our defensive coordinator, I believe, is out with COVID or something like that. He's on the list, so he may not even be in the game. And hell, he's new. And now that they're starting to gel, shout out to those new uniforms that I love. I'm getting two. Of those, by the way, they were nice. Yeah, they the were green on green, like the green jersey, the green pants. That whole outfit. Oh was yeah, outrageous. yeah, that thing was. I, bro, I was I like, so oh. many texts. I got so many text messages. They're like, bro, do you see what your team is wearing? I'm like, yeah, I'm watching the game, bro. I, was, I got two jerseys coming. Like you said, he was like, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> but, <laughs> but this is the deal with me. I don't wear jerseys. I'm not that type of dude. Like, I probably won't ever wear them. Um, but I do have the new hoodie that's coming. Um, and I have, like, one of the shirts and, and stuff like that. But I, I don't ever wear jerseys. I'm probably going to try to get that signed by Aaron Jones and um, and A-Rod. Oh, I'm sorry. I have three because I, I got my man Jordan Love. I do have his jersey coming as well. You're a big uh, believer, huh? Yeah. So then we have the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. And so all I was going off of was just regular season. Yeah. I, I know. I, I get that. But I'm saying the teams that are the biggest threat to I could agree with the, Cowboys. the Cardinals. I will say – the the Dallas Cowboys because this is what I'm gonna tell you. The reason why I know you just basing it off the the schedule, right? They don't play the the uh, Cardinals this year, right? Nope, the, nope. Yeah. So so you were just basing it off re- regular season. I'm looking ahead because I think the Cardinals are going to go to the playoffs. Okay. Oh so yeah, yeah, yeah. They definitely will. I think they gotta worry about. Look, they got to get through the West, but I honestly believe they have the weapons now and the team to beat everybody in the West. But I'm really worried because we do know that Seattle started out 5-0 and as well in the West last year. So there's going to be a tell sign of how good they are. Not necessarily, but the way their schedule kind of favors them as well and to, to, uh, to, to an extent because the, the, the NFC West, is not the AFC West, not at all. It, you know, it's not. You know, Russell Wilson is hurt. I mean, he he comes back. Maybe Seattle makes some noise. The Rams, we don't know what's going to happen with the Rams. I think it's going to be a two team race with those two teams. We don't know what's going to happen with the Rams. But right now, if you ask me who's a better team, I'm going to have to say the Cardinals. I mean, the record speaks for itself. Kyler Murray, you talked about this yesterday is right now the MVP and he'd be the smallest guy to ever win the MVP MVP if he did Russell Wilson win the MVP I don't I think that you're okay so him yeah it'll be him and I think they're like the same height or something so so they he will win the MVP but I'm also have to say the Tampa Bay Buccaneers yep and last but not least we just talked about them the Rams I think that they got to get out of the Rams hole. You know, the Rams have owned, and Rams are always the talk. They, they're always there. 
You know, they spent a yeah, lot. It was, of- it's, it's all the Cardinals Rams thing is going back since Kurt Warner. Yeah. You know, I could tell you where I could tell you where I was at games and they demolished the Rams. But then I could tell you where I sat there and I watched Kurt Warner forget that he was a Cardinal and throw to a Rams defensive <laughs> in, in zone all by himself. He was a he was Wait, a spy. Let me ask you this: Do you really think that people were making fun of him for that? But do you actually think that that was in his head? Like he missed? You know, he has a movie that's on Amazon Prime, like his true, like the true story of Kurt yeah. Warner or whatever. I don't know. If it's not called that, you guys, but it's called something else. But do you think that actually know, happened? Yeah. Do you think that- <laughs> from where I was sitting and what I saw, it was on the five yard line, right? It was on the five-yard line. The player that he actually threw the ball to, that was a Ram player, it was one of their linebackers. He was all by himself. <laughs> the fact that he's even looking that way, no, I remember it's that. a problem. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this guy's all by himself, and I'm just going so to – Okay, so let's take let, – I, I, I compared it to this. You saw what happened with Carson Wentz last night, right? Oh, yes, yes. So yeah. they, they called it a fumble after halftime. Right. Right. right, because when you look at it closely, there was a fingertip that caused the fumble. Right, mm-hmm. but just in 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 plain sight as the play happened, if you saw that, did you watch? You actually watched it. Yes, yes. Did you look at Amanda and be like, "What the hell was he doing?" <laughs> did you? I, I would hope that that's what happened. No, because we sat there, me, my buddy JC, and Venus all looked at each other. And we were like, "What the hell?" Well, unfortunately, my wife hates football, so she doesn't want. But me and and Z, yes, like we were like, wait a minute, did that just happen? <laughs> it was when Kurt Warner threw that pass in the end zone to that Rams linebacker. It was the same shit, same type of, but but same thing, same feeling. So how can I sit here and say, did he mean to? Nah, no, I actually think he may have meant to throw it there. You, you, yeah, well, you think he might have had a little CTE, like, yep. like, like, or a little, a little flashback. Oh, it's Rams. I'm in the Super or, Bowl. I gotta throw a not CTE, that's the wrong choice of words. But I mean, well, you know, he might, he had some concussions, but I mean, like, some a P, PTSD from leaving the Rams. Yeah. Like, yeah, so I agree with you on that. Yeah. That's, that is funny. I have a, of course, we're going to switch up teams now. Um, and we're going to go to somebody we don't even really talk about. And unfortunately, Wazir is not here because he is the Atlanta Falcons fan. Let me ask you something. Matt Ryan has been playing very well. There was a question on first take, and we're going to put it on our show, Take After the Take. Is Matt Ryan criminally underrated? It's, it's hard for me to say yes and no because – He's had so many good seasons. And so many bad seasons. And so many bad, but even in the good seasons, they do nothing. That's true. They got to the Super Bowl Bowl once. They did get to the Super Bowl and the defense and the defense collapsed. Yes. That wasn't Matt Ryan's fault. Don't get it, don't get me wrong. It was it was it was kind of Kyle Shanahan's fault, though. He should have ran the damn ball. Yeah. Yes. Control the clock. Control the clock. But outside of that, it's it's like one of those teams that you just love to hate because it's like it's like the Lions. You're like, damn, we can actually do something. Like, I'm just running running out of my life. I got to see you do something. Yeah. So 
I think Matt Ryan is a is a is a very good quarterback. Um, but I mean, career wise, I think he would be considered as underrated. Yeah. Career wise, I was gonna say that. Yeah, he is underrated. I think Matt Ryan is one of the most solid quarterbacks. When you're looking for a type of quarterback that just sits back there, big arm, tall guy, look over the line. Matt Ryan's the prototypical type of quarterback. And Matt Ryan, like you said, has had some great years and had some bad years, but I don't necessarily say that's his fault. I also say that because they had so much money tied up in Julio Jones and he wasn't there part of the time, yes. you know, you don't have the right guy you're throwing to. This year, he has evolved where you can see he's passing, he's distributing the ball around a little bit more instead of just saying, okay, I got this number one guy I'm trying to throw to where everybody else is not acclimated to the offense. Now you got Calvin Ridley and you got these other weapons that you have. So I would say, yeah, he has been over his career. I wouldn't say this year because he has had seasons where he has played as well, hence the Super Bowl season. But I will say he is a little bit underrated. Say it again. His MVP season? It's not an MVP season. No, oh, you mean his MVP season? Yeah, 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 his MVP season. Yes, yeah, you know he's so. Yeah, I mean, whenever you are MVP in this league, and then some something happens, you gotta look at the whole picture. And I feel like he's underrated because they haven't put enough talent around him and his cast to be the type of quarterback that he needs to be. Because when you really look at this, and I'm not in no way comparing him to Tom Brady, but he is a game-managing type quarterback. He's that type of quarterback, so you need those type of weapons. And one of the things that you have to have that most people don't realize is Tom Brady has a running back. They've gotten rid of all their running backs. I have no reason. I have. I don't know why, but Devontae – like getting rid of him, like maybe it was it was Freeman, like getting rid of him. He's like he was a big part of that Super Bowl team. Yeah, he might have wanted more money and all that stuff. But like, well, like I said, they had a lot of money tied up in not only Matt, but tied up in Julio. When you're paying your receiver and your quarterback, most of your cap, you don't have any room to grow. So in my opinion, I think, yes, over the course of his career, he has been underrated. I think uh, so. There's one thing that you said about the weapons that he's had. Yeah. And I think I I take the other route. I think he's had a lot of weapons, which is why I'm like, uh, like, which way do I kind of go on this? Right. Okay. You had Julio Jones for multiple years. Mm-hmm. You had Muhammad Sanu over there. Who's oh yeah, I forgot about Muhammad. Yeah. Player, right. You had Tony Gonzalez as your tight end. Oh, I forgot about TG, too. You had Todd Gurley as your running back for, for a season. Like, these are not all in the same season, of course. I was about to say, that was a couple of years ago. I wouldn't Stephen Jackson was back there, right? Stephen Jackson was back there. Yeah, Stephen was Devontae back there. Devontae Freeman. They had a running game for a while, and it was passed on, right? They don't have – they let go of Todd Gurley, right? The defense, yeah. they have been actually outside of, like, let's say, Tony Gonzalez and Todd Gurley. They've been fairly homegrown. Their defense was yes. really good. Yes. Right. But they just they couldn't gel well together. They had great draft picks, right? So do um, you think that's them or you think that's coaching? I think it's coaching. Yeah. I don't think it's the players. I can't blame that's and that's why I side with the Matt Ryan of being underrated because I, I'm not gonna blame him. I'm gonna blame right. the people that are telling him what to do on the field, right? Right, right. 
and he's got a healthy Cal- Calvin Ridley. I love Calvin Ridley coming out he of could. Alabama. He I was like, Calvin him and Matt Ryan are going to be great together. Yeah, right. Matt Ryan is the only player that had what was it? I think he had one game. He threw to fourteen different receivers. Yes, yes, and. He can spread the ball. He's a good clock manager. He's a good game manager. Mm-hmm. I think the best thing that has ever happened to him that can say, okay, well, you can stay afloat, it's Kyle Pitts. Yeah, Kyle Pitts, yeah. Now, Kyle Pitts was amazing yesterday. Kyle Pitts is the truth. I mean, he was the truth at Florida. I mean, the guy, I think that was a great draft pick. A lot of people hated on it, but I think it was a great draft pick to sustain Matt Ryan's career. I think that was a really good uh, draft pick. Okay, so we're we're going to uh, go on to the the uh, most dangerous offense. And do you who has the most dangerous offense? And we kind of already talked about them. Arizona. Hold on, no, that's not that's not in the, the conversation. We're going to say who has the most dangerous offense between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas, or no, I would go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay. And list those reasoning, sir. There's only one. Tom Brady. <laughs> it's, it's my Look, we've had Tampa Bay questions over the past three episodes, right? Mm-hmm. My answer for every single one of them is Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Tom, can Tom, Brady. It, Tom Brady, Tom Brady, Tom Brady, Tom Brady, Tom mm-hmm. Brady. No, I see something that shows me that Tom Brady himself is not – Performing, I'm siding with Tom Brady damn near every time, right? Yeah. Now, I'm not, that doesn't take away anything from how good Dak Prescott is playing. He won NFC Player of the Week last year. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. Sure did. He's been doing amazing, right? But whatever he puts on the board offensively can always be matched by Tom Brady. Yeah. I mean, well, it happened in the first game, but I'm going to be honest with you. In that first game, Dak outplayed Tom Brady. So you can t- you can say Zerline missing two field goals in that game is the reason why yeah. the Cowboys aren't 6-0 and right now. Right, yeah. and the reason I didn't bring that game up, it, it's like we talked about with the, the Tennessee Titans and the Cardinals game, right? Mm-hmm. We're, we didn't see a 5-2 and two Tennessee Titans game that week one. No. We saw what could have been, you know, a losing record, second or third in the AFC South, right? Right. And right. – now all of a sudden they have a five and two record and they're showing they're showing out. Yeah. Right. Kind yeah. of a similar situation. I don't necessarily look at Tampa Bay and Dallas at that first week. Yes, Dallas could have won, but I'm also not giving all the credit to Tampa Bay for winning that game. Right. Because it was week one. No, now, when you see for a few weeks here, here what did, how many t- touchdowns did Tom Brady have this year? Sure, I think he threw for five, right? And he had less than damn near less than 300 yards. Yeah, had less than he doesn't need and Mike Evans had three of those touchdowns. Yeah. Tell me what defender on the Cowboys can defend Mike. Evans. Uh I can name one that's gotten good over the yeah. and had the interception in that game as well. Talking about Trayvon Diggs? Trayvon Diggs. Yeah. But then what do you do with all the other weapons? But this is the this is what I'm saying. The Cowboys and I don't know if you've been watching the Cowboys. The Cowboys' body of work on defense has gotten better. They've gotten dramatically better. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not their, their, their rankings, if you go week for week from week one to where they are now, they've been climbing, which is very like Dan Quinn. 
you expect that out of his type of defenses that yes. he coached. So he he he's gonna climb the ranks, and before the end of it, you don't know. The Cowboys might be one of those top ranked defenses. But another thing, well, you have something you want to say? I was just gonna say, ask me this question next year. It's probably a different answer. Okay. So, but this is my this is my deal. I think that this is also another thing. The Cowboys are building, and they're gonna have money. This is what people don't realize. They can go out and get a safety or a cornerback next year if they don't have it. And I think that's all the Cowboys are missing because Trayvon Diggs, I mean, the dude, people don't realize this, but he was playing receiver when he first went to Alabama. Nick Saban moved him to defensive back. He reads plays like he is the receiver, which is the reason why he's having so much, so much. So, I mean, this dude is having. Like, he's having a crazy year. His success is. I mean, his, his, he's having so much success doing what he's doing. And the thing about it is, is now people are going to pick on Brown, but Brown has been showing that, hey, if you pick on me, I'm going to intercept the ball as well. So the defense is getting good. We're talking about the offense. I think it's a head and head matchup right now. And the reason why I say that is because of what you said. Tom Brady is the game manager, and you have Dak Prescott, who is just throwing the ball to everybody. Like, even though Amari Cooper, like you said last week, could be a number one receiver on some team, he's playing, they're playing like the LA Rams play. They're actually playing like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers play. They are using all of their weapons. They're looking at the strengths of their players and going, Okay, this is right now. So right now, if you ask me who has the most dangerous offense, because this is the reason why I'm saying this is because Dallas has more of a run game. Dallas has more of a run game. Zeke Elliott is coming back. I mean, Zeke Elliott has come back. Sorry. Troy Pollard is playing out of his mind. They kind of have that. I don't know if you remember the, the Thunder and the Lightning uh and with the New York Giants when they had Tiki Barber yeah, and, Jacobs. and Brandon Jacobs. So yeah. I'm looking at this situation. Tony Pollard is the lightning. Zeke Elliott is the thunder, right? Like he's, he's pounding people. He's healthy. He's big. Zeke is big. People don't realize that he's a big dude. So when you have the six, one, six, two frame, or, you know, just like smacking on you all game. And then you get Tony Pollard that come in there and this dude, that's why he's able to run, run, you know, and do his thing down. They're getting tired. And then you have Zeke who they get in. Then when he's pounding you, of course, he's going to get into the end zone or he's going to do a four, fourth and one in those type of situations. So in my opinion, because of the running game, I'm going to have to get a slight edge to the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. Well, I mean, both only have one loss so far. Um, I mean, from what I'm looking at here, they've both given up the same amount of points. Yeah. 47 mm-hmm. to 146. Uh, but Tampa Bay has put up 26 more points. Yeah, they put up. So, I mean, it's not, it's, it's very close. Yeah, you could say this, it's, it's even statistical wise. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, the only, 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 time, on. only thing. Hey, you, forgot to, you forgot to mention something. They put up only 26 more points because the Cowboys had a bye week. Yeah, yeah, the bye week set up. Yeah, yeah, the the, the bye also, week. Is but what? that also 
that also means that the points against are different as well. And they're actually, if you, if you only take those last few games, don't yeah. count this yeah. one week. Yep. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have given up less points than Dallas. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, right? you know, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers put points up against them. I mean, right. Course. So, you know, arguably at that point, if you, if you're, you're giving up less points, your defense is showing out a little better. Yeah, right? yeah absolutely. So, if your defense isn't showing out too well and you're going against Tom Brady, you, yeah, but that yeah, my, point, my point though is they're both going to be different. They're going to be different when it comes playoff time. And I playoff season is completely different across the board. It's more yeah. of a defensive game anyway. Yeah. And I feel like because the Cowboys have, this is also key this Cowboys have to stay healthy. So yeah. if the Cowboys offensive line stays healthy, I give them the slight edge because their offensive line in a playoff game against that Tampa Bay defensive line and front seven, they've been proven people can run against these guys. That's what well, that's what I was going to ask. Do you really think that Ezekiel Elliott? Now let's let's not take his his skill away, but let's talk about performance when it really needs to happen, and he doesn't mm-hmm. perform. Do you really think that he could perform well against Sue and Shaq Barrett in that defensive line? Well, you're playoff time. Do you you're talking about the Zeke Elliott? I'm out of shape. I'm not playing good. And, you know, I'm Zeke is on a different level. Like we went to a Cowboy game, and I got to see. Like, keep in mind, you know, I spent a lot of time with the Cowboys with my wife running the sponsorship for the Cowboys. So I will say this. What, looking how Zeke looks now versus how, who he was and who you're saying he was a couple years ago. Yeah, I would say that Zeke, but this Zeke is the rookie Zeke. So this is the rookie year Zeke Elliott. I say this year, Zeke, Zeke Elliott, because he also has a mature Tony Pollard. That's what I'm trying to tell you. This offensive line beating down on Sue and those guys. Now, look, Tampa has one of the best front sevens ever, okay? But what I will say is this. That offensive line, and Bill Belichick said it at the game, that offensive line, that offensive line, when they're pounding you and they're pounding you and you running and and Zeke is taking a lot of the grunt, then you have a Tony Pollard that takes off running, get in between holes, make the big plays. And keep in mind, Zeke is making big plays, too, because towards the end of a game, you don't want to hit somebody that's coming downhill like that. And so that's what I'm saying. I think the slight edge goes to the Cowboys because Zeke is the Zeke of old. He's not the Zeke. He's not the in-between Zeke from where he was his rookie year and now. I I was just kind of going through and seeing what – like just comparing him to the other running backs that are out there that he's Mm -hmm. listed with you. One, two, three, four, fifth in yards at 521 with Nick Chubb, Joe Mixon, and Jonathan Taylor and Derrick Henry ahead of him. Mm-hmm. Right? But he's got one, two, three, four, five, six, the sixth most rushing attempts in in the NFL. Yeah. Right? So Derrick Henry should have 869 rushing yards with 191 attempts, right? And, I mean, when you're talking about Zeke at 102 rushes for 521 at about an average of five yards, give or take a couple point, you know, a couple points there, yeah, I can see where the success is coming from. Absolutely. I'm about to say, five yards in the NFL, that's a lot. Five yards. Yeah, that's – every two every two plays, if you're getting the average, is a first down. Yeah, absolutely. You're going to win the game. Yeah, so 
that's why I give them the slight edge. I feel like um, I feel like the Cowboys are they're sending the right way and they're going to be a tough team to build uh, beat because. It's going to be, you know, it'd be great if you saw, look, and like I already said this at the beginning of when we started the second season of our podcast, I don't see the Green Bay Packers getting to the end. I'm not going to count Aaron Rodgers out, but right now my three teams to get to the NFC West and, and, and um, I, I just want to see before we get off what you think would be the Dallas Cowboys, the NFC championship would be the Dallas Cowboys, the Buccaneers, in the Cardinals right now. Any one of those three teams? Yes. Yeah, I can agree. Okay. Well, we're going to leave it right there. I am Duante Keller Woods. Tomorrow we're going to talk about more baseball. We're going to actually talk about some some um, more basketball. And Michael is going to make some great points. He wants to talk about a little bit more stuff as well. <laughs> so Yeah, I do want to talk about Deshaun Watson too because – I think Deshaun Watson goes to Carolina and not Miami. We didn't get to that point. We're we'll going to talk about that on the next episode because I think he's going to Miami here within the next week. But we're going to talk about this tomorrow. So that way it'd be up. And then when people see where he goes, then you won't be so shocked. I'm Dante Keller Woods for my main man, Michael Friends. This is Take After the Take. Peace. Peace.